the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Anytime we have a conversation about culture, we have to consider the impact of media and entertainment. Now, often on this show, we talk about media and have various folks on who can address that for us. But one of the areas I think we sometimes miss is that of entertainment. How does entertainment, whether that is the movies or it's television or the various other forms of entertainment that we enjoy, and there's so many now, how does that impact not only our cultural conversations, but what we believe to be true? How does entertainment change culture? And to help us address that and deal with that today is a great guest. We have Jim Clock with us today. He is a retired police officer. So we start there, and then we move to actor, film production, uh, writer, producer, director. And I, I always wonder how folks go from point A to point B, from police officer to all of these other things. But uh, Jim, appreciate you coming on with us and helping us deal with this uh, really important but difficult to understand uh, topic and conversation. Thank you guys very much. It's a, it's an honor to be on the show with you. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jim. So, and just uh, to correct, I'm not actually retired. I did 10 years full time and I'm still a part-time deputy sheriff with the Stafford County Sheriff's Office, which Mighty Oaks has actually yeah. been to, to help with um, some of the training that they do with the sheriff's office and with uh, our veterans. So it's kind of yeah. a cool connection, but I'm still a part-time sworn a deputy sheriff working in Stafford, Virginia, mostly on the charitable side. I yeah. work directly for the sheriff, so I don't have to do too much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Just to just to make sure I'm not uh, not giving out. I'm not retired yet. Uh, that's incredible. <laughs> One of the guys that uh, works with us, in fact, has been Justin. Um, Justin. Yeah, Justin has. Uh, he worked for Stafford County. He doesn't anymore, but uh, oh, that's great. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, you know, I've actually got to know you a little bit outside outside of this show, and. Uh, in, in, Interesting background that you would do. You start off as a police officer. How do you go from being a police officer to being an actor, director, producer? You know, how do you get into the the movie industry? What's the journey there? What's the story there? Yeah, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. It, really, what was um, I went to a high school, pretty small rural Virginia. I didn't have any knowledge of how to pursue acting outside of high school, but I loved cop shows. My dad and I grew up on. Um, you know, uh, Hill Street Blues and then NYPD Blue, Homicide Life on the Street. So I, I always had a, a, an interest in law enforcement. And so I went into law enforcement. I started very young. I was actually in the police academy at, at 20. So I couldn't buy my own rounds to go to the range. I had to have a, uh, even though I was sworn with the, with the, with the issued weapon. But um, so a few years after being in law enforcement, I went back to college thinking I was going to get my criminal justice degree. And I took a acting class for like easy credit. And I did my first assignment and Dr. Brenda Lewis Holmes, who was an incredible um, theater teacher, pulled me aside. And she said, have you ever thought about doing this professionally? Because I've been doing this over 20 years. I've never had a student that she thought could do it. And that kind of lit a fire. Mm. And so for about the next seven years, while I was working things like plain clothes, stolen car units or narcotics, I would be acting on the side 
and uh, and the way I got into movie production was I knew the acting was a little too slow for me. Like I wasn't built to just sit around and wait for an agent and a call to come and say, okay, we audition. So I would go on my days off and read um, books on film production and script writing. And I watched a lot of documentaries and and uh, and so I would make cheat sheets. Chad remembers cheat sheets. So you, you know every cop has cheat sheets in their in their car. And so I would make cheat sheets for production. And so I'd go on sets and I'd be learning like, okay, I know what the second AD does. I know what the sound mixer is doing, and all that. And so um, after two years in undercover narcotics, I had an opportunity to go to LA and pursue it more. And um, and so I took a leap of faith. I kind of said to myself, well, I'll give myself five years. And uh, if in five years, because I had done 10 years at that point, if in five years I'm not making a living in the film business, I'll go back and do 15, retire at 50. And at 34, by the grace of God, I was making my living as, a, as an actor and filmmaker. When we talk, about, we talk about culture and we talk about entertainment and how the two work together, there is no question that entertainment has changed and is changing culture. And so much of what we even believe about culture um, comes from entertainment. So very broadly, and we'll drill down a little bit more, but very broadly, how do you view entertainment's impact on culture, what we're living through collectively right now? I think in its best form, when it is um, with good intentions, when it's good storytelling, I think it has an amazing impact because the number one thing a really good television show or movie can do or a character in a, in a play is it can it, it gets us to live in someone else's shoes. It gets us to look outside of our life. It opens our vision. So for me, you know, I, I'm a white guy born in uh, Virginia, middle-class family. I had an amazing mom and dad. I had an amazing upbringing. I was raised by women. I had five sisters. I go into police work and I get an opportunity to go work in uh, all African-American neighborhoods. And it was life-changing. It was life-changing for me because it opened my eyes and it gave me an opportunity to, to see a life that I, I wasn't familiar with. I had an African-American partner who was nice enough, Gerald Ford, he's still on the job, Sergeant Ford, and, and he uh, was nice enough to be patient with me and, and teach me cultural differences. There's a great I don't know who, who it is, but uh, a dear friend of mine, retired uh, chief warrant officer who runs a charity I work with, uh, Vernon Green, he said, if you if you want to learn cultural differences, be friends with someone outside of your culture. Yeah, it's good. And 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 so, anyways, when I think about when I think about entertainment, when it is really done well, it opens our eyeballs. It, it you know, I want to know what it's like. I, I'm interested to know what it's like for a family from Mexico who just who who would do anything in their in, in their power to get their children to this beautiful, amazing country. I want to know. I don't care about the politics of it. I want to know the story about the man and the woman that would do anything to get that family to a better place, to love their children. See, I know what that love's like. I also want to know what it's like to be uh, a West Virginia coal miner who's been who, who's lost their entire livelihood because of politics and what that is like. What I don't think we do well is when we push an agenda. Hmm. And the moment it goes to propaganda, then we lose a certain sect, right? It's like Chad and I had a conversation about, I, I like in faith-based movies, but if you get too, if you go too far into making Christian movies, who are the only people that watch them? Right. Yeah. Just Christians. Christians. Yeah. yeah. So how are you really opening up your storytelling? So I think that it's just a, 
in the broad scope of things, I think it's an honorable profession. I think it's an opportunity for us to, to show love and, and be inclusive and bring people into a conversation. And I think when it's pushed in the wrong direction, it does the opposite effect and it pushes people away. Yeah, I think we need people from all walks of life right now to be involved in the entertainment industry, not just movies, uh, you know, athletes, uh, sports, you know, podcasting, right. just to be able to share with others uh, a different perspective. <clears throat> And uh, that's where, you know, our speech, free speech is so important. And uh, that's why it's scary to me seeing some of the mainstream media that has been become more, less journalism, more political activism, and, uh, and, and really having, it, having an agenda, like you said, and, uh, you know, stifling people's speech, uh, really closing people's point of view. And so I think it's important for people to get involved in entertainment and to share, especially people from different walks of life and sh share those views with others. Uh, one of, this year has been a crazy year for everyone. Uh, probably, you know, so many industries are impacted, but one of the industries that was really impacted is the movie industry. I mean, uh, you, you, you had, uh, you know, actors unions putting, uh, putting restrictions on actors being able to work, people being able to go on sets. Now you, so you, on the one to the production end of movies, they're not even, they're not allowing movies to produce like they were before and then in the distribution end you can't gather in theaters to watch the movies so it just it was a it was hamstrung on both ends and so the movie i mean i love movies yeah. I, I love sitting down yeah. watching movies whether yeah. it's in a theater with a bucket of popcorn or in my in my movie room at home i love to watch movies but i've seen everything there is to see now once the movie's <laughs> produced so what's i mean how did that impact the movie industry and uh and what's what's ahead for the movie industry where we are where are we with this I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. Well, that's a loaded question, Chad. Uh, I think that it, <laughs> it, it's affected us. And I can tell you, I've been blessed to make a few films during the pandemic. And, you know, the rules and regulations for everyone to be safe has added an extra expense to making movies. And I was, you know, also very inspired by seeing how many people uh, came together to figure it out so we could go back to making movies. It's really, I was just on Blue Bloods in New York City and I gotta say, uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing how well run CBS Viacom is doing that show. Everyone was nice, upbeat, 
yeah, you know, you don't have crafty like you used to, and there's little things that you don't, and and obviously there's masks and there's mandates. Like, I, I like to hang on set. I'm I'm not an actor that ever goes back to my trailer. I want to be where the action is. So if I'm acting, I want to hang out. Well, you couldn't. You know, you had to go back to your dressing rooms and stuff like that. But to see that it didn't affect the creative and it didn't affect people being kind to each other, I, I don't know. I, I've been inspired by it. On the on the scope of it, um, you have, you're right, the bigger movies, wh where are they going to play in order to justify the expense of making those movies? And I think people way above my pay grade are trying to figure that out at the movie studios. I'll tell you that creatively, I think it's, I think it's going to be a blessing to creatives who are willing and know how to make movies at a cost. Because there's only two ways to fix a problem on a movie set. There's, it's, there's only two ways to get off the X chat with money. Okay. With money or with creativity, hmm. that's it. Yeah. So I can spend more money to fix a problem or I can get together creatively. So I think we're seeing a lot of great young skilled filmmakers. We're seeing amazing women, amazing people of color getting opportunities now. And it's coming down to because as those budgets come down, right? I don't need to, to make as much money on the other side. I don't need to be thinking, well, to make this movie, I've got to, I've got to make it at seven, which means I've got to make 70, right? Now I can look at it and say, how do I make this movie at 700? put it out on platforms, it's a content release, or sell it to a licensing deal, I only really need to make one one or one two, and I can tell any story I want. And to me, that's exciting. It's scary, right? Because not everyone wants to do, not everybody wants to work and make movies and, 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 and only make scale, or scale plus 10%. But I, I, think it's, I think it's really an opportunity that is opening up for people. And we're gonna see amazing storytellers, we're gonna see amazing movies. You're gonna have to work harder to find them, Chad, that's because there's so much content out. So if you love movies, like I'm tired of watching the same thing. I do think you're going to have to open and broaden all of us broaden up to say, Oh, where are some other places I can find some content that are not just Amazon, Netflix, or Hulu, nothing against Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix. I love all of you. Uh, <laughs> but there is other great content providers. Shutter uh, is a great one for horror that we work with a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, it's kind of the roads right now people are going to try to figure out. If you're all about money, you're all about making big movies and stuff, I think the, you got some challenging roads ahead of you. Yeah, I'm seeing, and I'm sure you are too, I'm seeing a lot more uh, series that's coming out on so many streaming platforms. Uh, you know, it's just, and you know, I wouldn't have normally watched as much of those before. So my, the content I'm going for personally is, is starting to shift. Uh, to, to a, little, a little bit different now, watching yeah. more documentaries and yeah. things like that than I did before. Yeah. There's less movies available, so the the menu's the menu is changing. But I have to close with this. I I gotta ask this question: When are we gonna see Top Gun two? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta. <laughs> it, I, they'll they'll if they don't do a monster deal at, at some point where uh, they figure out a way to um, make that an in home event. I think they'll wait until. Midsummer, they'll see how, how the vaccines go, and they'll probably try to do a, a big summer blockbuster depending on the vaccines and yeah. stuff like that. A lot of theaters are opening back up, so depending on what state you're in, right? We're in Texas, um, and we're ready. Send it. Yeah, yeah. The wife <laughs> and I just went to a movie a couple weeks ago, and it was so awesome to be back in the theater, and it was super safe. They had the seats. I mean, it. I felt comfortable. I felt great. I felt for other people. So, um, but yeah, I would say that they're going to wait and see how the – how the vaccine goes and they'll try to make it a big summer. But I'll tell you, if they're smart and patient, 
that movie will peep everybody and their brother and sister will be going out to see that movie at the right time. Yeah, I'll go see it twice. So, uh, <laughs> so getting back to our topic, because no one really cares about Top Gun. Because um, <laughs> there's at least one person that won't watch it. But um, I, I love what you said about uh, the innovation. One of my favorite kind of Steve Jobs quotes or conversations uh, he, he was having his first shareholders meeting when he came back. I think it was in 1993, came back to Apple and they had split off divisions. They were doing different things. And he's giving, you know, kind of the, the rah-rah speech to the team. He said, the answer is not cost cutting. The answer is innovation. We're going to innovate our way out of our current situation. And uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. And in every industry, this, this COVID thing, I think has really separated out the creatives yeah. From the non-creatives, it's innovation is the thing that's carrying the day, and and I think it's exactly what you're talking about. And man, that's an exciting time, really. Yeah, I I think so, and I think it is a very exciting time for for people who, uh, you know, have a put your head down and go to work mentality. And I think that it, then you then if you have a generous heart, if you're someone that wants to bring other people and you know uh, provide opportunities for other people to get to live their dreams. I, I think it's an amazing time because see money, money a lot of times keeps us from doing that, right? If I'm making a money, if I'm making a movie at a certain budget level, it requires me to hire you know actors that we would call names or have value, right? So it's a little bit more difficult for me to to find that that needle in the haystack. There's a great Morgan Freeman quote, and someone told me he was a one of the greatest living actors in the world. He goes, no, 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 I'm not. He goes, probably there's a guy better than me working at Starbucks. You just don't know who he is. Mm, yeah. And I loved it, right? Because yeah. his, it was, you know me because I'm famous and nothing against, he is a great, great actor, one of the yeah. best of all times. But what his point was is there's so many other great actors out there. So, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I got to direct a documentary that I'm very excited about this year. I would have never got to do if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah, never. It, the pandemic, actually, me being at home, it was a, it's a topic I'm interested in. The stars aligned and uh, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a amazing opportunity within really terrible circumstances. Yeah, you're right. It's people that's willing to put their head down. I mean, we had, we had the same thing at, you know, Jeremy and I run Mighty Oaks Foundation. We work with, uh, you know, veterans who are struggling with PTSD and things like that. And, and uh, the pandemic came and it, the, you know, the military had restrictions. Uh, we, uh, we went through a phase of, Having some some don't you know worried about or donors people are gonna donate and then there are ranches some of our ranches closed and uh, so we couldn't get to people physically so we had to figure out how to do you know for a while we did virtual sessions yeah and then we had to you know our programs team our national programs manager had to get with his team and, and reassess schedules and I mean we had to we had to adapt and change yeah. I mean some people will have a situation like that and just fold just fold yeah, yeah. crumble and uh, so yeah it's the People that can be innovative, that are willing to make the change and get the job done, regardless of what's yeah. what's happening around them, are going to people that's going to that kind of this maybe for every industry and uh, it's a pruning. Yeah, that really <laughs> is a pruning. pruning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I'll tell you, it's not always about being easy. I don't know how it was for you guys when you hit your challenge. I can tell you the day before we were to start shooting this uh, horror film, I directed with my with my co-director. He's my partner in the. And the interrogation's gone wrong. He plays he plays Steel, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, but we directed a horror film called Slave. Um, that was a Amazon exclusive that came out in December uh, through Terror Films. And, and going back to you, Chad, that was an opportunity came to me in in July when the distributor called and said, "There's we we, we need a Christmas horror movie to come out this year. Wow. Can you turn one around?" Wow. And so I'm like, I jumped into it, right, getting things together. Well, the day before we start shooting, 
I literally feel like I'm having a panic attack. And I've never like I'm I'm healthy. Yeah, I take care of myself. I'm a you know I pray a lot, spend time trying to 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 keep my myself mentally tough. But I look at my wife and I said, man, this is what if someone gets sick? It's all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And I called my producing partner on the movie Daryl, and, and uh, I said, man, what, what what should we do? I'm I'm like I think maybe should we shut this down and and all that. And and he had to kind of be you know a voice of reason and say, hey, look, we've done everything we can to keep this skinny. It, it, meaning very few crew members, very few actors, wrote the script around a very few actors. We have a very safe location. It's easy to the socially distance on our location. All we can do is do the best we can, honor everyone that's working on this set, but we've got to take a leap of faith. And he was right. But in that moment, I'll tell you, I was challenged. Like, Because to me, was it easier to say, you know what, it's easier not to play. No one can get hurt if I don't play. But right. I felt God saying, people want to work, and here's an opportunity. And let me tell you, it's been a blessing. The movie came out well. It's a fun horror slasher. Uh, doesn't take itself too serious. Uh, as the great Eastwood says, take your, take your work serious, not yourself. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, just to back to your point, Chad, about when you meet, when, you, when the conflict comes, when we all hit at different times, is what, what made you guys push forward? And that moment, what made you push forward? Well, you're saving lives. Yeah. Mighty Oaks is saving lives. If you don't push forward, there is high cost. The stakes are high, That's right. right? Well, I can also argue by not pushing forward and making that movie, that got people out of their seclusion. Everyone that on that set had been secluded, had been in their apartments for months. Yeah. So, you know, mental health wise, I wouldn't say I was saving lives, but mental health wise, it was an opportunity for people to come and do what they love. And, and who would have known that, Christmas horror is an actual thing. I mean, I had no, I had no idea. We need a Christmas horror film. I had no idea. It was even a, wow, I'm learning so much. When it comes to the horror, there's everything in horror. Christmas horror, Halloween horror, Valentine horror. Hey, one, one last question, and, and then we'll end. Um, and this is something I've just thought about as you've been talking. The entertainment part of the movie industry is, is what it should be. It should be entertainment, and it should be telling stories. It should be all of the things that you just said. How do consumers of entertainment, how, how should they approach that? How should they separate out the, you know, the propaganda and the, the, mess, the political messages and all that? Because, I mean, some people will say, well, you shouldn't watch movies. You shouldn't watch television programs. There's too much propaganda or this or that. Um, I'm not sure that's the answer. How should a, a, a wise consumer deal with that? I think that's a difficult question, right? Because I think that there is elements to, um, I personally don't like to, to listen or, so I don't, back to Chad's comment about the news. One of my issues with our news situation now is Chad worked narcotics. When I, I, when I was in narcotics, I, I had to, if I was going to have an informant, I had to have three confirmed incidents to make that person an informant, okay? I had to have, I had to verify three different pieces of information in order to certify them. Well, we live in a time now, it's like the first person to say it and it's yeah. true. And then we figure out whether it's true later. Yeah. So it's very difficult for us to manage media of what's the truth. And, and so I try to limit news in what I listen to because one, I don't know if it's truthful. Two, if it's a lot negative and hate filled, um, you know, one thing I do know is hate breeds more hate, love breeds more love. So I really avoid that stuff. So when it comes to being a consumer of movies and TV, I think one is, what, what is, if you, if you remove even about 
oh, this might have some propaganda or this might be a, a message that maybe is outside of my beliefs. That doesn't necessarily dictate whether I watch something. I sometimes want to want to be pushed outside of my box. Mm -hmm. What I do want, though, is as a consumer, I think, is we ask ourselves, is this bringing any value in my life? If this is not bringing any value, if this, if this program is going to make me more angry and more full of hate and more part of some thing that doesn't, it doesn't make me a better husband, it doesn't make me a better friend, doesn't make me a better creator, it doesn't make me a better person, then me as a consumer, I'm saying no to that. That's, That's me. True. So, That's but if it's not whether or not I agree or disagree, it's, it's whether or not is it bringing any value in my life that I can learn, grow, be better, love more, be more kind, be more generous. Um, that's what I'm interested in, but that I can only say that from, from my standpoint as a consumer, that's what I do. That's, I mean, that's a great principle for any consumption of content though. I, I have, I have a question kind of digging in a little deeper than that. Just kind of curious your opinion on it. So unfortunately, most people in the entertainment industry, uh, would be the opposite of conservatives. You know, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's a fact You know, most people in Hollywood would be considered on the left. And, uh, you know, pushing social agendas and things like that. And, uh, and so when you have political differences with most of these actors, you know, should conservatives who are like fighting for things like, let's say a pro-life, like you have like a, a pro-life, uh, pro-life person like myself, uh, believes so deeply in the sanctity of life. But then you have a, you have a, a actress or an actor who's made it their platform to be, you know, pro-choice and fighting for, you know, women's productive rights and again against everything that I stand for. I mean, shit as a consumer, as I go to the theater saying, well, I'm not going to watch that movie because of that person or should I say just, well, you know, it's, I care less what they do personally. Uh, it's entertainment. You know, I, I don't, and I'm not really a very political person. I'm a man of faith and I try to, I, I try to be the best human being I can be to anyone. So I, I don't get too political when it comes to, business being in the entertainment business or anything like that i can tell you this i love god i love our military i love our first responders um and i think we live in an amazing country that's in that protection provided by amazing men and women uh, like you uh, chad who provide that for us and have served so for me i always go back to they you specifically and men and women like you have fought so people could have difference of opinions so I don't let it bother me too much. If, if, I, if someone is category, now, if someone's hateful, that's when I draw the line. Sure. If you're hateful or you're moving lies or you're just being mean to people, because I became a policeman truly because I can't stand bullies. And to this day, I can't stand bullies. Yeah. Um, and there is bullying happening on social media now. There's bullying happening across uh, platforms. And I don't like it. So for me, it doesn't, I, I will not watch something if it's got someone that has a, a, a very different uh, idea of, of right or wrong necessarily, or whatever the belief is. But if you're mean and hateful, and I don't think you're a high quality person, I don't think you have character and integrity, then, then, then I, you know, I go, I can tell you, there's a lot of stuff, movie stars specifically come across a certain way. Right. But when you get to work with them and, and know them, you often see a different side. You see a different side when you're on set and you're just working. It's very blue collars. You know, it's, it's very much just, Hey, we got to get this work done. You're playing that part. I'm playing this part, that type of stuff. And I, truly that's why I love, you know, Keanu Reeves is by far one of the most amazing people I've ever worked with and know, and I get to call a friend, but that's what makes him special. He has a hard hat 
carry my lunchbox to work attitude. It treats everyone good, everyone. And um, so Keanu might be far different than me and some ideas he has about things. I don't know, I've never had conversations about that with him and, and he stays kind of secret. However, it would never stop me from watching watching his movies because I've seen him treat people so well. Yeah, yeah. that's a good answer. I like and that's that. why he has the appeal he does. Man, yeah, Jim, we could talk. I like, that. I like that. Probably talk all day on this. Yeah, um, appreciate you. This is such a, a difficult thing for people on the outside to navigate. <laughs> so really yeah. appreciate you helping helping us with this. Where can people um, find out more about you? Follow you? Not only the work you do, but um, you know, kind of your thoughts on what's going on in the world. Well, you know, my website's just jimclock.com. I keep that updated with new movies and different things I'm, I have in the works. Uh, you know, um, you know, like I said, Slade just came out. I'll be, uh, I'll be in Underground Railroad, the new Barry Jenkins series. That's an Amazon show that I'm very happy and very honored to be a part of. I'll be guest starring on Blue Bloods this, this Friday night. Nice. Uh, and um, I have a few movies in, in the pipeline. Uh, be on the lookout for a documentary. I can't say the name right now, but I'll, I'll text you, Chad, uh, later. But uh, documentary. As far as my social media stuff, it's, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. But I, I don't, um, you know, to be honest with you, I try to push love. I try to push uh, inspiration. I try to push encouragement with that. Um, you know, uh, I gave a shout out to my brother, Chad, and his book the other day because he was nice enough to send me his book. Uh, but it's just Jim Jim Clock uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, guys. It's an honor. Thank you so much. God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.